0: Welcome to the Talking Tall Rounds series, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic.
1: Welcome to Heart, Vascular and Thoracic Institute Tall Rounds. This uh, session is dedicated to the management of incidentally discovered nodules, lung nodules on cardiac testing. This is a uh, surprisingly common problem for us and directly seems to impact the H and V faculty and indirectly saddles the T faculty. Uh, So today we're going to present a case and um, share some of our thoughts with you. Our first uh, introductory talk will be given by Andrew Fesco. He's our chief resident in general thoracic surgery, who will start with our case presentation.
0: So as Dr. Murphy mentioned, my name is Andrew Fesco. I'm one of the uh, thoracic surgery residents. Um, I'll be presenting a case that illustrates um, some of the considerations involved in managing uh, these instantly identified uh, pulmonary nodules during cardiac testing. So uh, this patient was an 81-year-old former smoker uh, who was initially presented um, to the Cleveland Clinic for management of severe aortic stenosis that was identified during workup for a syncope episode. Uh, he was initially treated with a balloon valvula, uh, valvuloplasty uh, and then referred for consideration of valve replacement. However, during workup, uh, preoperative uh, CTA demonstrated a three- Uh, 0.9 by 3.3 centimeter left upper lobe mass, um, which was ultimately identified as a T2A, uh, clinical T2A N0 uh, adenocarcinoma. Through cardiac surgery evaluation, he was um, uh, deemed to be an acceptable risk for open-heart surgery. However, a TAVR was favored, uh, in this case, uh, to facilitate expeditious treatment of his uh, incidentally identified lung cancer. On the 14th of June in 2017, he underwent a transfemoral uh, uh, placement of a 29 millimeter Edwards sapient aortic valve uh, prosthesis, and then in July of that year, uh, about three weeks later, underwent a robotic assisted left upper lobectomy and mediastinal lymph node dissection. He recovered uh, very well from this, was discharged on post operative day number two uh, with a pathologic T2A and zero adenocarcinoma as his final pathology. Uh, he didn't undergo uh, any adjuvant therapy at that time um, and has been continued on surveillance both for his uh, valve uh, replacement as well as for his uh, lung cancer Uh, he has been identified to have um, bilateral pulmonary nodules which have uh, occurred in the last year uh, and is currently undergoing um, consideration for systemic therapy for those so as a couple discussion points uh, this case demonstrates the uh, demonstrates the challenges that are created um, by a synchronous identification of uh, multiple thoracic pathologies and the importance of a multidisciplinary approach um, and the application of advanced technologies to adequately address all these issues in a patient-centered fashion. Um, this scenario will continue to be identified as we rely on axial imaging uh, for screening and diagnosis uh, and surveillance of these pathologies. Uh, disease-specific surveillance obviously remains an important part of the post-operative care of these patients. Um, And again, uh, requires a multidisciplinary approach.
1: Thank you very much, good morning. Thank you, Dr. Murthy and the Tall Rounds team for organizing this very important uh, debate and and elaboration on what we do for these patients. Because if you think about it, most patients with heart or lung disease who walk into a hospital have a significant overlap of risk factors for the other disease. So when taking care of a heart or a lung problem, it's really important for the providers to pay attention to the other organ make sure we don't skip um, or miss the disease for which the patient has significant risk factors for or they may. Before I move forward, I want to acknowledge and thank you, uh, thank the contribution of Naomi Bolin. That was fantastic, uh, fantastic work there. Um, anyway, so surgery maintains an important role in uh, management of lung nodules, particularly since we're worried about presence of malignancy in lung cancer, uh, given the risk factors in our patient population. Um, if you look at the trajectory of survival in lung cancer patients, there's, there are two things that are quite obvious. This is data from the ISLC TNM staging work, uh, looking at international data on the right side of the screen and uh, U.S. data on the left side of the screen. The two things that stand out are, one, we really not made a whole lot of progress in improving survival in all comers for lung cancer, so if you take all lung cancers together at five years, only a fifth of those patients, or 20%, will be alive which is quite poor and dismal compared to other solid organ tumors. Um, The other important fact here is that if we can cache the tumors early and treat them early with either radiation or surgery, their survival actually is quite good, reaching up to 70 to 80% at five years, which is quite remarkable. And some here would even go out to argue um, and propose that in early stage patients and stage 1A patients, They're more likely to die of natural causes or quote unquote natural causes than lung cancer if we can treat, manage, and surveil their lung cancer appropriately. So, the emphasis here then becomes on early detection and early treatment of lung cancer. Um, This really received more credence and a lot of steam after the National Lung Cancer uh, Screening Trial came out in 2011 in the New England Journal, and you see the The now famous graphs here on the left side of the screen, which showed that with early detection in high-risk patients, lung cancer mortality was decreased by 20%, which is really unheard of compared to breast cancer, colon cancer, or any other solid organ tumors. And since more CTs were done, uh, investigators in other institutions and us, as Dr. Mazone has had pointed out a few minutes ago, figured out strategies to classify these nodules into high-risk and low-risk categories so they can be intervened upon and followed appropriately, which lent, led to this development of lung RADS protocol, similar to the breast bi protocol, <coughs> which uh, differentiates a nodule into high-risk uh, on what, uh, on intervenable nodules and those who, that can be followed. So when we see these indeterminate pulmonary nodules, as Dr. Mazone and Dr. Boland pointed out, there's a whole array of diagnoses that can be associated with them. I really have to think about and work through the algorithms carefully to identify patients appropriately for appropriate treatment strategies or or surveillance. So should we continue to monitor these indeterminate nodules? And if so, at what intervals? Should they be biopsied? And if so, should these biopsies be percutaneous, image-guided, or bronchoscopic? Should they have surgery? And then what surgery or should they have radiation whether without a biopsy first? So these are many different questions that are sometimes difficult or challenging to uh, address and answer and really require input from all uh, members of the treating physician team (coughs) and provider team uh, in a multidisciplinary fashion. And that's really the key in managing these indeterminate pulmonary nodules to put all the heads together from all these various uh, specialties to try to come up with an optimum plan for treatment. Um, this is an example of what multidisciplinary um, selection and management does. So this is data from the Leahy Clinic recently published that looked at a protocol very similar to what Dr. Mazzona described and has established here. And I want to thank him for his leadership in, in, in uh, building up this program at the Cleveland Clinic. That if they, in their program, they identify 354 high-risk nodules and after appropriate pulmonary and multidisciplinary consultation, they submitted a select portion of them to surgery. And with appropriate selection, less than 1% of the nodules had surgery for benign diseases and most of the nodules that that were resected ended up being lung cancers, which is a very important um, piece of data here and it's important to highlight that with appropriate selection, we don't necessarily need to do uh, unnecessary surgeries on these patients and that is really the key in establishing such protocols in any institution and we're happy to report that we've done that here at the clinic. When we talk about surgeries for uh, lung cancers, the vast majority of the surgeries done here are are some sort of minimally invasive surgery, either thoracoscopic or robotic, which means that the patients have low morbidity, or quick recovery um, with equal oncologic legitimacy of the operation as has been shown, um, we've shown in our data multiple times. So I'll just discuss with you briefly some of the innovations that we've incorporated in achieving these high rates of minimally invasive surgery. so one of the one of the two techniques that I'll share with you here today is this specialized needle localization or microcoil localization that is performed by Dr. Boland's group and some of the other interventional radiologists. So here's an example of a patient with a peripheral small nodule that would be impossible for us to feel or see thoracoscopically or robotically. So in these situations we ask our radiology colleagues to access the nodule on the day of surgery. Here the patient is upside down and you can see this needle being uh, put into the nodule and through that needle they deploy a spring type microcoil, part of which is in the nodule and part of it is at the surface of the lung, allowing me and the other surgeons to see the nodule during surgery. And this is what it looks like during surgery. So now the camera is in place. You can see that the lung is deflated. The ribs are on the side here. And the lower lobe, the lesion that you saw on that CT scan has been been marked by that microcoil. And there you see the coil, which is now being, um, there's a stitch being placed through the nodule under the coil to lift it up to resect. So this is a robotic procedure. You can see the robotic instruments um, allowing us to do this sort of thing with quite a bit of dexterity. And after the nodule is identified, lift it up, and we can resect it using our special um, resectional devices. This is an uh, endo stapler, which is uh, which staples the edge of the lung that needs to be resected and also transects it. And, you can, and we can use several of them to finish the procedure. Here, this por- this nodule is separated with a nice rim of lung around it. Usually we would test this nodule during surgery and if it is a lung cancer we would proceed with a formal anatomic lung cancer resection in the same setting. If it ends up being a benign nodule then this is a very low morbidity procedure that the patient can essentially go home from uh, the following day and recover really without any problems. The other innovative technique that we are part of a clinical trial for now moving on, we we were actually part of the phase one trial now in the phase two setting is is a Tumor marker in fluoroscope conjugate and OTL38, which is a folate analog, and is in the for this particular study is bound to a fluor uh, which can be detected <coughs> with near infrared imaging intraoperatively, and allows us to find these nodules towards the surface there towards the surface of the lung during surgery. So the patients receive this uh, folate receptor conjugate preoperatively a few hours before surgery, and then during surgery we can find the nodule with fluoroscopy and resect it. So here's an example of what this looks like. Again, uh, this is a minimally invasive procedure. The lung is deflated. You can see some um, non-specific feedback from the chest wall and from other portions of the lung, but as we focus on the nodule and the question here, you'll start to see that it really um, becomes obvious quite clearly. So here's the nodule and the question. You can actually see the puckering in the visceral pleura here. Um, and you can see quite a bit of uptake of the dye and the uh, fluorescent uh, feedback uh, from it. So this is how we've actually detected nodules that were not detected on patient's preoperative CT scans and resected them during surgery. Now we're looking at other parts of the lung and don't really uh, see any significant uptake in other areas. So these are some of the innovations that we've adopted to improve um, the role of surgery, the conduct of surgery, and decrease the morbidity of surgery. Um, and we're very excited to have these innovative strategies in our portfolio, in in our armamentarium, and we'll continue to push forward with these, um, and we'll share with you our findings once these uh, trials are finalized. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Like what you heard? Visit Tall Rounds online at clevelandclinic.org slash tallrounds and subscribe for free access to more education on the go.